Welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast, where we offer solutions to the obstacles you face when it comes to achieving your health and fitness goals. As a married couple who's lost a combined weight of 100 kilograms and 11 clothes sizes, our raw, real, and relatable stories will show you the path you must walk to achieve, and more importantly, maintain the results you know you can reach, because we know it works. So get ready to share the success and show the results with your hosts, Matt and Courtney. Hello and welcome back to season three of the Weight Loss Podcast. We're very excited to have you here, whether it be returning or for the first time. Pumped. Pumped, absolutely pumped. So this season we are talking all things self-sabotage. We are. And related to that, and as you can tell by the title of this episode, it is going to be all about how to deal with adversity. Yes, which is going to be something that will come up along the way. You can't avoid it unless you are a cave dweller. Absolutely. So before we get stuck into that, Matt, I want to say first, whether you've seen it or not, we actually have podcast swag. We do now, yes. So if you want to support the show, keep us ad-free and share the love with what we've done, what we're doing what we'll continue to do. You can go to our podcast shop. Where's the address, Courtney? The address is uh, theweightlosspodcast.com forward slash shop. Beanies. Apron. Hoodies. Hoodies. T-shirts. Singlets. Coffee cups. Socks. So head over there if you would like to pick up some. Bracelets. Merch. Gym bags. That's it. Otherwise, let's get stuck into... How to deal with adversity. Yes. This is a necessary topic and it's one that is very relevant to the subject of self-sabotage because you see it happen all the time. Yeah. There is obviously the the common misconception that to have a successful process, it has to be smooth. Mm. It has to be problem-free. It almost has to be easy. The technical term for that is fucking bullshit. That's not how it works. There will be challenges. There will be tough times. Shit will go wrong. Yes. That's when you find out if someone's being lying to themselves or not. Mm. It's when something goes pear-shaped, something goes sideways. Be it through, we'll call it the shit happens policy. Yes. Where, you know, shit happens in life. Sometimes it can be self-made. Yeah. Through mistakes, which are also kind of normal. Yes. But the issue isn't so much these as how you will then react to them. So the discussion here is about the fact, and it is a fact, that there will be challenges that present themselves constantly along the way, whether you like it or not. Absolutely. Yeah? There's always going to be things that are out of your control. There are, as you say, Matt, some things that fall under this category that are in your control Mm. and we've both got examples of those, that they're in our control, we've made mistakes and we've stuffed things up. So how to deal with adversity and and when things go wrong, you sort of, you really see who's been lying to themselves. It's not necessarily that, okay, if you take some steps backwards, we know you've been lying to yourself. It's more how you then... um, deal with that situation how do you recover from that situation how, how do you move forward or do you not move forward or do you use it as an excuse oh, i'll try again next week oh next month oh next year oh i've been the same for the last five years yeah absolutely so th- that's really where 
we're going with how to deal with adversity. So it's not the it's not necessarily the action because sometimes it's out of your control. Sometimes it's in your control. It is dealing with it. It is well, it is what do you do as a result of that? Let's note the title of the episode is how do you deal with adversity, not how do you avoid yes adversity because if the topic was how to avoid it we couldn't help you with that no and no one can help you with that here on planet earth (laughs) like you probably figured out now that being an adult is pretty fucking hard you're not going to avoid adversity like i said unless you are living in a cave and if you are you're probably not listening to us right now yeah so topic of how do you deal with it and that's really a key critical test for every single person that wants to succeed at anything in life is how do you respond to a challenge? How do you face down an obstacle Mm. or a hurdle? Or when something goes wrong, you make a mistake, what is your response? Mm -hmm. Is it just to fold up like a deck chair and disappear and then come back and try again later on and go fucking nowhere? Yes. Or is it? to accept the challenge, move forward, be adaptable and deal with it. Mm. And in some cases, learn, grow and improve from it. So I think what would be a good thing for us to do here, Courtney, is to give some personal examples because we will be the first first people to say we've been through plenty of adversity Mm. to get to where we are and there's more coming. Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's there's no better way in terms of leading by example than just to to share some of the details here. So Courtney, do you want to go into some of the adversity that you faced yourself along the way up until now and just sort of share what you've gone through, how you dealt with it, yeah, how you move forward, and then I'll have a crack. Absolutely. Well, I think with me there's there's a few things that we've we've I've put down on this list that are both were in my control and out of my control. So yep. the ones that were in my control that um, I've made the mistakes on. Self-made adversity, we'll call self-made it. Self-made adversity, that's a good term to use. Also known as self-sabotage. Yes, is uh, complacency. Complacency for me has been a big one and that's been a constant theme for me over the years. So for me, how long since we met? I'm thinking. It's uh, years, years. Um, I'm just trying to remember. It'll how many it'll years. be it'll be eight years at the end of this year. Eight years. So in the, the eight years since I met Matt and that I've started sort of on my journey of of body transformation, I have fallen in and out of complacency often. So it's not even something that I can say I've just done once and learnt from. It's something that has has been a constant theme for me that I'm still trying to get a handle on. Can you give some examples? Trying to get a a habit formed with that. So definitely the easiest one and the first one that I remember was after my first 12 weeks. So we were working together, Matt and I were working together and we had – I had a great result over my first 12 weeks. Just just for clarification, this was before you shamelessly hit on me, wasn't it? I did not hit on you. <laughs> anyway, we um, I had a great, great results after the first 12 weeks and 
because I was still obviously in that short-term mindset, even though we'd spoken about how long it was going to take, I said, yes, yes, yes. I knew how long it was going to take. Lip service. But obviously somewhere deep down, I was still holding on to that hope that I was going to be the exception to the rule that it was going to take me less time. You're the person that will change your life entirely in 12 weeks. Yes. Okay. Yes. So... So after the 12 weeks and I got this great result, it wasn't the end result that I wanted, but it was great. It was a pretty fucking good step. Considering where I started, I definitely, for the 12 weeks after that, was completely complacent. In what way though? So I was treating myself more to treat food than I should have been. Were you you justifying that? Oh, of course. How? It's that that whole thing of, well, I've, I've done so well. I deserve just oh, this you've one. earned it. I've earned this. But it was more than just this one, wasn't it? Of course. Yeah. So it became my treat food became staple food. And mm. it became like I was then celebrating my win for the next 12 weeks. And the way I celebrate is with food, yeah. not great food. And then I went backwards, not back to where I started, but I definitely went backwards. Mm. I didn't make any gains. I made losses in the next 12 weeks. And that was really emotionally um, hard for me, That's mentally because hard. I remember you crying. Oh, I cried all the time during that, during that, thi- um, that time frame. And I think as well it was, it was a hard time because, again, like we've said in the past, Matt, the brain only remembers the things that, you do well. It tends to hide from you, from your memory and protect you from the things you've done wrong. Mm -hmm. So that whole second 12 weeks that I had that I was complacent and I was letting staple foods, uh, treat foods become staple foods, my mind, I was like, I'm not eating that much differently. Mm. So it was a really sort of emotional, mental roller coaster for me that 12 weeks. One thing as well, uh, another reason it's easy to, for your brain to shield yourself from that when you don't record it. Yeah. Yes. You know, and this is this goes back to a, a very well worn saying of ours that you may not record what you eat, but your body does. Yes. So it was um, that was a big um, moment, learning moment for me. And uh, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you have any recent examples of complacency? Uh, I, I think, as I said, that theme has sort of gone through where then I've slowly let complacency creep in. There was um, a time recently where I got to a stage where I was... Um, How recently? Oh, just trying to think, where are we now? So last year, yep. I got into a bad habit of going to the supermarket, um, obviously going to the supermarket when I was hungry because I would go on my way home from um, a work meeting or something like that when I'd go to the supermarket to do our grocery shopping and I was hungry and I would pick up a snack while I was there. So, you know, quote unquote healthy snack, you know, a healthy bar or something like that. But, you know, it's usually packed full of energy that I don't need in that moment. Processed junk. So um, I got into a bad habit of doing that. And again, it's, it's in my head. It's just like once every so often. One bite won't hurt. But when you're going to the supermarket a few times a week. It adds up. It adds up. So... Sometimes it can be small complacency things like that, not necessarily losing my my mind on everything, but you can let little I can let little habits creep into my my staples every week very easily. When you when you look at it as well, 
something like that can also come about when there's nothing. That's rule of proximity. Rule of proximity as well. So it's a case of two two habits uh, sort of conspiring against each other there, in terms of you know one being I've got nothing prepared for myself. The second being, well, I've got nothing prepared for myself and I'm hungry and I've got this stuff presented in front of me and, well, like an episode of our podcast we've done in the past, willpower has nothing to do with it. No, no, not at all. And you can justify anything in your mind. Mm. Your mind, if it wants to, can justify anything. So it it tells you that it's okay for several different reasons. So that's where complacency really has a big theme throughout my years. I think the other one that is in my control that's really affected me over the years is saying yes to too many things. Mm. So I'm definitely, my personality would be a people pleaser. Yep. I'm definitely a people pleaser. I'm definitely um, someone who doesn't like um, to let people down. So I, and it, um, I like to be helpful. But that can also be to your own detriment, which is a, a, a common theme for people pleasers. Mm is they'll want to do everything for everyone else except themselves. Yeah? Yes. And you're the same? Yes. So I would I would always try to help others first. Yep. So, and as you say, Matt, it can be, it's, it's a great, obviously, quality to have in, in people that have a similar personality to me, but it's to the detriment of ourselves. So mm. sometimes you do have to be a little bit more selfish um, in certain situations and say, no, I can't do that, I need to... I need to do this for me or I need to do um, my grocery shopping or I need to get my workout in. Um, I, I definitely think that that's been, again, a, a, a constant theme for me because it's a personality trait. So as you know, personality traits can be very hard to change. Mm. Um, and That can be worked around though. It can be worked around. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with being a people pleaser because to me it comes from a good place yeah and it 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 speaks to a quality within someone it's just a case of when it goes what i would consider too far where you you suffer the consequences of that while others do not Mm. yeah so i i personally don't think there's anything wrong with being a people pleaser at all if you're on the list of people you please yeah i i think so i think at the top of the list I, I think say. that it's just an awareness of knowing that that's your personality. Yep. And I think when, you know, over the years I've become more and more aware that that's my personality yep. and, um, and and dealing with that. And then, of course, you've got things that are out of my control that's happened over the years. There's been, you know, my grandfather passed away. Mm-hmm. That was a hard time. He was sick for a long time. Yeah. Um, they lived, my grandma and grandpa lived sort of two hours from, from me. Yeah. So traveling as often as I could to see him, um, then him passing away was hard. And then my um, grandma had some health issues and she ended up coming and living with us here at our house. This was last year. Last year yep. for about a month. Which is 2019 for... Yes, 2019. You if, if you're wondering, last year for us right now is 2019. 2019. So, so that all is um, rhythm, routine breakers. So yeah. um, out of my control and I'm not going to not help and, um, and be invested in my family, but they are at the same time routine breakers. So having to try to still work around those sort of things, um, people may not see that as adversity. That might be the wrong word when you're looking at those, but I would call them sort of routine breakers. Well, hang on. How... How is health of those you love not adversity? Well, 
it's true. Ma- major point of stress. And it's very stressful and that's the other thing that I've had to deal with over the years that I'm quite a naturally anxious person. You're a stress head, let's I be honest. Do, I do suffer from anxiety quite a bit depending on the situation. Um, over the years I've managed self-managed it quite well I think but it does have the tendency to pop up and pop up loudly. Yes it does. So I have the ten. I do carry a lot of stress a lot of the time and obviously we know that stress is not helpful um, on the body. Thing is, one thing I'll say with Courtney is that when she's been through a stressful period, it's not hard to spot it. Yeah. Because it literally presents itself like you see it in your face. Yeah. Yeah. You break out. I break out. I do have eczema, so yeah. my skin breaks out. It it uh, it responds very badly, and um, I get big breakouts of eczema during high stress periods. Yep. Um, yep. So skin skin definitely does not react well. Um, usually I my stress response in my body is quite um, fluidy. So I do get puff up. Puff up. Um, especially my face. You see my face quite puffy and I retain a lot of fluid. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my, my body doesn't respond well to stress but my mind likes to be stressed a lot so it's it's a really a battle for me constantly to sort of balance those two things yep so they would be my sort of big examples that i thought of to list Mm -hmm. where there's definitely things that were out of my control to do with family illness and whatnot and that's um definite routine breakers so when when i talk about those sort of things the the way that i was able to manage that at the time was just to take it week by week and be adaptable Mm. um not stress out about it i think was a big one for me um i think trying to be adaptable with my routine where possible over the years has been really helpful for me and dealing with the stress so understanding that I'm still going to get my exercise in. It just might, might not be on the normal days that I would have done it. Yep. Or I might have to switch from doing it in the morning to doing, doing it in the evening. So you didn't just chuck it all out and no. thought you'd come back later on when things are smooth? No. Oh. So I made sure that if That's I was nice going to um, go and visit my grandparents two hours away, I would usually do that in a day trip. So mm. and it would usually be on the weekend. So I would make sure that I got my exercise in Monday to Friday that I needed to do, which is so fine. I didn't have to do the the exercise on the weekend. Yep. When my um, grandma was living with us at the time, and I was having to um, move her around a little bit to some some hospital appointments, it was just a matter of making sure that I looked at the week ahead, the plan for the week ahead, and knew where I needed to be, and. I could work out my exercise around that. Yep. So being adaptable is one really big one that I made sure that I was able to bring into my habits. Mm. Um, so having strong habits, but I think um, making sure that you can adapt them where necessary because shit happens in life. And sometimes you – there's definitely no, – not even sometimes. There's always going to be something that is not planned for and that you need to adapt to. Um, but I think falling back on those key principles that I had in place, which was I'm going to get my workouts in somewhere and I'm not going to miss them, mm. um, and making sure that I have food in the fridge. I think those two, falling back on those two principles that I've always really um, had as cornerstones of, of my habits um, really helped me during those times to fall, to fall back on, um, definitely. And 
in terms of the ones that I couldn't control, complacency, how did I manage that over the years, was just identifying the fact that I have and being open with the fact that I have a problem with complacency. Um, I think that the one thing that I learned quite early on was if I tried to hide it, A, I wasn't going to be able to because people can see it. You can you can see complacency on someone's body. You don't need to ask them. Um, so I wasn't able to hide it from from Matt or, or from anyone, really. Um, we call that the eyeball test. So I think I learned quite early on that um, I was very embarrassed about it in the beginning. So I had to learn that there was nothing to be embarrassed about, that it happens, shit happens, and if you don't, if you don't just acknowledge it and accept the fact that you've made a mistake and ask for help on how to move forward, that I was going to be stuck there. Mm. So being very open and honest about my um, problems with complacency has been really helpful for me, not being embarrassed about it. It doesn't define me and what I do. I don't, I don't feel like I'm I've, um, less of a person or my transformation over the years has meant less because it's maybe taken me longer than other people that don't have a problem with complacency uh, like okay. I do. Can, can I just hit the pause button there? Yep. I'm yet to meet a single person who hasn't had an issue with complacency. It is natural. It is normal. I would also uh, contest the it may have taken longer than other people. Do you know most people spend many, 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 many years trying to lose weight and unsuccessfully True. doing so? Hmm. So I think it's more a case of just, I suppose, my two cents worth here for whatever it's worth. Is well, that, you are a co-host of this show, so you're allowed to speak. Uh, I'm... I'm the cleaner who just does special guest duties from time to time. It'd be great if you could clean up. Not going to lie. <laughs> oh, 100%. Shots fired. Absolutely shots fired on that one, which is funny coming from you. You walked into that one. Well, it's, let's, let's just say pot, kettle, black, mate, but we'll, we'll move on from that one. What I was going to say was you look at how much you've changed since we met, yet – complacency has been a theme, mistakes have been a theme, but you still have changed more than 99% of people will change. Yeah. Must be doing something right. Yeah, that's very true. And I think that I think that I would credit a lot as well to me getting into my head from the very beginning that I hate exercise, but it's a non-negotiable. Hang on. Newsflash. I know, it's amazing. You hate You've exercise. I've never heard it before. It's... I think Is there a reason why you haven't shared this a hundred thousand times on this show previously? Definitely I can say that that is one of the things that I got into my head very early on was that it getting my exercise in was a non-negotiable. Like now that's it, a key term there, isn't it? It was not even a, a, a question of whether I would or wouldn't do it. It was just a question of how am I going to fit this into my week? Where will I make it work, not yeah. will I make it work? Absolutely. Yeah. So I definitely credit that. And the other one that I credit is just making sure that I always have food. There's never a time where we don't have any food in our fridge. Except for the times when you go to the supermarket <laughs> and you haven't got any made. Other than that, always prepared. Well, there's never been a time where it's got to the no food in the fridge and we've thought, well, we, we'll just get takeaway and we'll worry about it tomorrow no when there's getting low stocks in the fridge we always buy more one thing one thing i will comment on with courtney since i've known her is that um i that binging doesn't exist anymore no 
So your your complacency and where you can go off the rails tends to be far less damaging than what we see with others where it's like, you know, four days on, three days off or go well for a month, disappear for four months. Mm. You know, there is there is sort of a, a a hierarchy of damaging mistakes and damaging ways you can sabotage your progress. Yeah, I and I agree. And I think that for me it's come down to those two pillars. Yep, that's fair. And I feel like if you don't have really strong foundational pillars like that that you can go back to when you do make mistakes or when you do find yourself getting into a complacency stretch, yep. then you're really going to find yourself lost. Like you really need to stand for something and have a couple of really strong pillars to say these are my non-negotiables. Well, you you look at the fundamentals that we ask our clients to work towards when they first are accepted to work with us and it's all about routines. Yeah. Being accountable, having a training routine that you can sustain that's effective and obviously a meal preparation routine. And it's the same thing we direct our clients back to. If they if they go off track, like, mate, okay, the sooner you get back to the fundamentals, the sooner you'll be back on track. Yeah. I think that's what you're sort of touching on there. Absolutely. Is that if shit goes a bit pear-shaped, you fall back on the fundamentals. Yes. Which, shockingly enough, work. Yes. Whoa. And it can be really easy to um, to – not forget about them, but to sort of really put them behind you. Overlook. Overlook them. Um, you know, you're not putting as much emphasis on them after when you, you know, you do when you first start because they're really being, you know, ingrained and you're making them a habit. But after that, they can be really easily overlooked and and the emphasis on them um, or the prioritisation of them really pushed back. Yeah. And that's normal. And, and By the way, though, not a good thing. Not a great thing, though. So whenever these sort of bumps in the road or adversity situations do come up, that they are still there. And that's what that's what you need to go back to and that's what I went back to and that's how I always had my, my um, perspective sort of lens renewed on what I was doing to go back to that and be like, that's right, go back to basics, well, Courtney. they don't let you down. No. They don't let me down. They don't let our clients that embrace the process down like they're there for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. So that's sort of my list and, and little little things that have come up for me. Yeah. Well, not little things, but just, you know. Um, adversity you've been through. Adversity I've been through and then how I've sort of managed to um, to look at overcoming some of those things. What about yourself, Matt? Well, You've, you've done well talking about complacency. That has been a thing for me in the past as well. Uh, can say not an issue now because I realise for me that to overcome my complacency struggles, I had to and still have to keep putting carrots in front of me to chase. Yeah. So the, the way I sort of framed it for myself mentally and the best way I can explain it and the way I do explain it to people is I never allow myself to think I'm on top of the mountain. Mm. I always must be climbing. Yeah. So if I'm always climbing, if that's how I feel in my mind, I'm always climbing towards the next, uh, the next peak, and it's not the top peak, but the next, the next level up. I'm always chasing something. Mm. So I've got to be continually 
working towards something and continuing to push myself towards something. And that has been been a tremendous help. So I won't get too much into complacency because Courtney covered it so well. All I'll say there is what what I've done to to move forward from it. Examples I would give uh, would be, well, it was a number of years ago now where my mum, who's listening right now, love your mum, uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm. And so um, had her living with me for a, quite a while down here in beautiful Melbourne, Australia, otherwise known as the centre of the known universe. Yes. Apparently. Uh, and that was really tough because I'm I'm working working as a as a trainer working at the gym mm. while shuttling mum back and forth with her chemo radiation treatments as well as the stress of like gee I hope to God she pulls through this yeah um, sneak preview yes yeah, she did yes hence why she's listening now fantastic but I can't deny that was really 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 hard stressful. Well, it's, you know, one of the very small number of people you are the closest to in your life, Mm. you know. And then when it's like, I've got to come down, I've been diagnosed with this, I need this treatment, it's like, oh, shit. (laughs) Like you're you're faced with, with the reality of it. And, mate, it was fucking hard. Yeah. Real fucking hard. Uh, and much like what Courtney was talking about before, I just made I was, I was I have been a non-negotiable in my own life for some time. I made it work. Mm. I made it work, and we got the outcome we wanted. Mm. So, as Borat would say, "Half half." Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. I I had the adversity of one of my closest friends dying. Mm. Uh, it'll be six years. This year, so every October for me is a pretty down month because it's it's a tough deal when one of your closest friends, who's a little bit younger than you, dies at a very young age, mm. and it, it just sort of rams home like how unfair life can be at times, and that hit me hard. And every October, I'm not the same because mm. it's like this is this just fucking sucks. Yeah. And you remember, Courtney, like I flew back home to Cairns mm-hmm. during that time and I was a mess. Yes. You know, and it's it's hard. But it, unfortunately, it is also a fact of life mm. that, you know what, sometimes shit ain't fair. Yeah. But same deal, I don't use it as an excuse to multiply the problem by making myself suffer for it. Mm. So, yes, there's grieving. And they're still grieving, but I don't grieve in a way anymore that makes me pay for it. Mm. So there's two things there. Another another theme for me over the years as I've been more and more active is injuries. Yes. Now, it's not that I'm a reckless individual who has no regard for my safety, far from it. I'm also not afraid Mm. to push myself I'm not afraid of contact. So I've been a fan of contact sport and high-impact sport for quite some time because I just fucking love it. Yes. Honestly, I love it. It just gives me a feeling. It's, yes. a, it's a high. Yes. It's a high. And I'm also, as Courtney will attest to, I'm what you might consider a competitive person. Yes. 
little bit. A little bit competitive. A little bit. Mm-hmm. And I feed off of it because it makes you want to push to be better when you're aiming for someone who's better than you. Yes. But as a result, when I've got years of, of um, building my body up to handle high-impact exercise, contact sport, be it, be it football, um, martial arts now for a little while, you know what? Sometimes you can fucking hurt yourself. Yeah. So I've had a number of injuries that have put me on the shelf playing contact sport because you know what? Shit can go, shit can go pear-shaped like that way sometimes. Um, with, our, with our kickboxing, I tore my bicep, mm. ruptured my bicep tendon completely uh, last May, May 2019, just popped right off like a button popping off your shirt. Yep. And I was looking down the barrel of a six to nine month rehabilitation. Thankfully, that was actually 11 weeks. Yes. Because I don't like being told news like that. But still, you're still looking down the barrel of, shit, things need to change. Yeah. I can't do what I'm used to doing. Now, the common, the common, I suppose, reaction to that would be, oh, I can't exercise the way I should exercise. Oh, the whole fucking thing's not worth it. Oh, I'm going to go and eat McDonald's. Fuck off. I embrace the challenge of righto. What steps forward can I take despite the fact I basically don't have an arm mm. right now? There's a lot of shit you can do. And recently, I had an Achilles tendon flare up. Anyone who's had a, a cranky Achilles tendon will know you ain't going far. No. And the news I got was if you don't rehab this the right way, you are at severe risk of rupturing your Achilles tendon. Now, that is an injury I fucking don't want. No. <laughs> because I know anyone that, no knows, one wants any, anyone that knows the human body and knows anything about injuries will know, don't get much worse than that. No, that's a really because, bad one. Because guess who has to learn to walk again? And see you in 12 months, maybe. Yes. Hard pass. You know spring chicken. Hard I've just got a cup here of go fuck yourself. <laughs> Would you like a drink? Anyway, we can just ignore that <laughs> fuckery. I still, with 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 the tendinopathy in my Achilles tendons. Yes. Do the work, mate. Do the rehab. Specialist gives you what to do. You got to make some adjustments. You make some adjustments. Mm-hmm. You do what you have to do. So injuries have been a a, a constant thing for me mm. over the years. But even now. As, as quote-unquote no spring chicken, piss off, I'm still not afraid to push the body. I'm still not afraid of contact sport. I'm still going to do what I do. I'm still careful and conscious of being safe. I'm not going to allow it to turn me into a couch potato. Because mm. one thing I personally do value tremendously is physical independence mm. and functionality. So that, that, that they have been some um, adversity I've had, but one of the biggest ones was when Courtney and I first opened our gym. Yes. In 2013. So I was uh, had made the transition away from working out of a commercial gym mm. into opening our own one together. Yes. And it didn't go to plan. No. In fact, we spent a lot of money on a very, very nice gym of ours and we had no fucking clients as it turned out. No. 
uh, it went it went really south really fast. So we sunk all this money into commercial grade equipment. Mm-hmm. You then got obviously the the bond of a commercial lease, and so you're just basically investing a ton of money into what was the nicest looking gym that fucking no one went to. Yeah. And that was easily, easily the biggest, most challenging adversity I faced from a professional level because I'd worked the previous basically three years to get to a pretty good stage at the old gym I used to work out of Mm. for it to feel like it all just fell apart in the space of a month. Yeah. And it was so hard and so challenging and so damaging to my mental health that Courtney had to push my ass out of bed. Yeah. To get me to get, get in there and put the work in to turn it from dead on arrival to, hey, let's make this something. Long story short, we sure fucking did. Mm. And it led to where we are right now. You know, we work with people all over the world. We've got this amazing podcast, just ask us. Yeah. But those those first, I would say, six, eight weeks of opening our gym up, we we were living on the edge, mate. Yeah. We were fucking right there to the point where Courtney had to pay my way, had to pay my expenses, mm. pay my bills because I wasn't earning jack shit. Mm. And from an ego point of view, because we've all got one, you want to talk about feeling like a failure when you've had some success at what you do and then you fucking hit rock bottom and your girlfriend at the time is giving you the biggest chop out of all by basically paying for your shit. I tell you, one of the things I learned from that is, I'll tell you now, Courtney, because you're sitting here with me, that will never fucking happen again. I don't care what it takes. Mm. I don't care how hard I got to work. What hours I got to put in? How much I got to fucking hustle? You'll never have to do that ever again. So I learned from that, but that was easily the hardest thing in my professional life. But as a result, I'm shaped by my adversities. Yes. Which is why I don't fear them. Mm, that's good. They don't fucking scare me in the slightest. Now I welcome a challenge. Bring it the fuck on. It's a good mindset to have. Well, it's a, look at it this way. When it gets hot in the kitchen, what do you do? Do you back out of there or do you stay in there and fucking push through? I think my my um, adversity um, meter has always been easier to deal with when it's good to do with someone else. Mm-hmm. I think that for me, I don't know whether it's just the way that my personality works or my brain works, I've always found it really easy and my brain just kicks into gear, kicks into overdrive when it's got to do with someone else. So if it's family or if it's um, work-related or something like that, my yep. brain just kicks in and it's like, okay, it's problem-solving time, it's go time, let's get this done. Mm-hmm. I found it the most challenging to have that sort of attitude when it's got to do with my own mistakes. Um, I'm, I don't know if I'd use the word fortunate enough. That's not me anymore. No. But I, that, that, that's also coming to I suppose like a personal agreement with myself where I I am a non-negotiable. And that's a hard bridge for people to cross. Yeah, it is. But unfortunately, it is a necessary bridge to cross if you want to have any form of success. 
Yeah, I think it's just that that ability to look at a challenge when you're the one that made the mistake and be able to to take that that um, challenge from it straight away. Yeah, be able to say, okay, I'm not going to beat myself up about it. I'm going to challenge myself to be better. Whereas I, well, think I love that. that I still fall. I'm still guilty of falling into that that um, mindset when it's got something to do with a mistake I've made of beating myself up about it. You you do have that tendency where if you make a mistake, you will lose sleep over it. Yeah. So my that that's something that triggers my anxiety. Yeah. Um. Over that, I as I said, I find it very so much easier to to really snap into fix it mode when it's got something to do with someone else. What do you think it would take? To apply that to you, I think it's just the ability to be able to let it go mm. and to move on and not to continue to obsess over the what ifs. The sooner think, you move on, the sooner you forget about yeah, it. Yeah, I think that that tends to be what 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 I do is I, I and I and I'm assuming this is probably true for a lot of other people as mm. well is that you just sit there and you keep focusing on the what if scenarios. You dwell. What if it was slightly like this, or what if they had done this, or what if I had just done this, or would you, would you say that's a form of analysis paralysis? Yeah. You spend so much time thinking that you don't spend any time doing. Yes. All right. I okay. would definitely say that. I had never really thought about it like that. Okay. But I definitely say that, that that is what it is. It's that that constant analysis of the what if something X had been different. You know, this is a great conversation we're having together. We should do a podcast about this. <laughs> so I think that that's, that's a great – what you said, though, is a great attitude to be able to have, which is to be able to accept it. Yeah. Know that you are the non-negotiable mm. and to see it as a challenge of how do I fix this or how do I how do I turn this around or what can I do to make sure it doesn't happen again. You know, you know what else it is for me? I know if I'm gonna if, if I'm presented with a challenge and I face up to it, I will come out the other side better than when I came in. So I look at a challenge, yes, it is a challenge, it's also an opportunity. To improve. Yeah. And I'm going to take that because if you, the moment you stop working to improve, like you, you're going backwards. Yeah. So the, the whole point or the points that we're making here is adversity is the real test of how you're going to go with this. Yeah. It's when you are challenged yeah. and when you have obstacles, not when things are easy. No. Or when things are smooth because – it won't be for long. So let's move this forward. We've lived it on for quite a while here. Have we? Time's getting up there, mate. Okay. Let's Sorry. let's get <laughs> Oh no, there's hey, this is relevant discussion, at least we think so. So we'll give ourselves a five star review for this. <laughs> Tips we want to give. Okay. I will start with the first one. All right. Which is very, very simple. It's not about what happens to you, it's how you choose to react. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. Thank you for listening. This has been the Weight Loss <laughs> Podcast, but no, that is no, that, is, that mean, is the truth. Yeah. I mean, it is the truth, and I think we'll keep these tips short and sweet because they all, I think, are going to speak for themselves. Uh-huh. So um, the next one to remember is take the emotion out of it, and that's a really important thing to keep in mind, and I'm also speaking to myself when I say this. Take the emotion out of it. 
Um, avoid the pity party. The pity party. And a lot of damage can occur at pity parties, can't they? And this is what I was talking about earlier, which is something that I used to struggle with a lot, which is the inability to uh, to accept what I've done wrong and move forward, mm. especially when it came to complacency or making mistakes. Yep. So I would sit in that pity party for too long and I couldn't move forward. So just take the emotion out of it. Do your best, do what you can do, and move forward yeah. and don't sit in it. Yeah, I'll, the, the next tip I'll, I'll give comes off of that because the, the pity party tends to lead to you taking one bad situation and multiplying it. Mm-hmm. Do not do this. Yes. The sooner you action any steps forward, the sooner you get past it. And the sooner a situation stops hurting you. Yes. Um, learn, learn, lean on your support network. So this is also a really big one because it also helps give you, um, it will help give you perspective. Yeah. And it'll help you strip back to the basics and those fundamentals that we spoke about earlier. So the thing is, when you look at support network, it can be your partner. Yes. Uh, close friends, relatives, if like, I know, People that, that now the clients of, of Courtney and I, we have our own private group. Yes. That we're all a part of and that we yeah. encourage our clients to like, you know, share your wins, share your losses, share your lessons learned. Talk about it. Yes. Acknowledge it. Don't be embarrassed and don't feel like you should be ashamed or it should be something to be hidden because it it, it it's definitely nothing to be ashamed I think about. The more the more you are working to hide adversity and hide challenges and hide mistakes, the more you magnify it. Yes. And you build it up to be in your head far bigger than what it actually is. Mm. And that's where it can lead to feeling like there's like, you know, feelings of isolation or I'm the only person that goes through this. Mate, you're fucking not. Yep. Guaranteed. Um, Next tip I'll give, which comes off of this, is to own your own shit. So if you make a mistake, that's fine. That makes you human just like the rest of us. But you know what? Own it. Mm. Take responsibility and move forward. The, and I've noticed this with, with myself and with you know, successful clients of ours. The more you're willing to own the challenges that you're facing or the mistakes that you make, the less they will hold you back. Yeah. They actually can become almost fuel mm. for forward momentum. Absolutely. And I think finally, um, definitely make sure that this probably goes back to the support network uh-huh. is make sure that you're, you are talking to other people and it's a way to, to definitely keep that emotion out of it, which is sometimes you need to hear things from somebody else. So somebody else's perspective that's not in it and that doesn't have that emotional sort of take on it. Yeah. And, and that, that way you're able to get an actual sort of, um, really clear opinion from somebody. Yeah. So within your support network, depending on the adversity that you're that you're um, feeling or facing or facing, make sure you're asking people's opinion that that aren't emotionally connected to it. Yeah, you need to be. Well, that, that's a that's a, a discussion about being very selective, strategically selective with your support network. Yeah. Uh, the more emotion there is, the less common sense there is, and this is. You know, one of the, a number of reasons why we say like we all need help 
with this. Yeah. Regardless of, of how much we think we can do it by ourselves, like it just doesn't fucking work that way. No. Don't care how good you think you are. Because we, I, know, I look at I look at you and I, Courtney, and it's like we've had help all the way, and we I think are at a higher level of this than most people, and we still need help. So you do need to be told. Sometimes you do need to hear it from someone else. Yeah, you might you might even know it in the back of your head. Like oh, I you I do. I know what it will take to fix this, but I'm so in my own head. I need someone external to basically clip me around the ears and say, "Hey, mate, pull it back. Pull it back. Pull your finger out." Pull your head out of your bum, whatever it is, go and do ABC. Go back to those fundamentals. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's a case of also, I think, getting permission yeah. from someone else in your support network to move forward. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know what? It's, it's okay, mate. It's okay. I've done this or so-and-so has done this. Go back to the basics. Yeah. Go back and do this. You'll feel better. Yeah. Or the, it's that person in your support network that says, how come you haven't been to the gym this week? Accountability. So, you know, sometimes you just need that person who's who's in your corner or knows your routine to say, hang on a second, why are you home? That would be – I would look at that as being you know, people in your life who are prepared to call out your bullshit. Yeah. Yep. We all need that, don't we? Oh, we do. All right. Let's bring this one to an end. So come and hang out with Courtney and I at our Facebook group. Absolutely. You will find the link to it in your podcast app. You'll hang out with me. I'm not, I'm not much fun. You'll hang out with Courtney yes. and other like-minded fans of the show. Courtney did mention the swag store, weightlosspodcast.com forward slash shop. Go get yourself a oh, 100%. beanie yes. or a oh, 100%. t-shirt or oh, a God. 100%. pair of socks. Thank you for listening to us. We hope this this conversation has really helped you and you can take a lot of learnings out of it. Yep. Come and um, I suppose any feedback as well. Yes. Email us at podcast at weightlosspodcast.com and we will be back shortly. See ya. Are you ready to share your success? Head over to our website for full access to our show notes, resources based on today's topic, and links to our Facebook group so you can share your story with our hosts and many others out there who are looking to achieve and maintain their health and fitness goals. You can find all that and more exclusively at theweightlosspodcast.com. 